Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today, my guest is my friend, super talented, super hardworking, Irene Saliendra. I yeah. got that correct, yeah. right? Yeah, hi. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? Good, 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 good. So, you know, I just, uh, we're talking in... There's so many things I want to touch. But first, I want to start with your Instagram, like the photos. How did that come about? Oh, my gosh. Um... Really, it just started at the beginning of COVID. So that would be uh, February 2019, about there, or 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend and I, it was just kind of, I was newly single and I was just like, let's do something crazy. And the craziest thing I guess I could think of was, let's go take a bunch of photos with a photographer and see if I like it. Mm-hmm. And I did one, I did two, I did three. And then all of a sudden, like, I just started building this network of amazing, talented photographers and a network of amazing, talented artists. And it just kept going from there. And then now it's an outlet for me to be creative in a new form that I don't get to do on my day to day in work. Apart from the photos, which look great, by the way, <laughs> uh, the cop- captions you put on there, mm. like, you know, I mean, it's like each one tells its own story. Why are the captions important to you? Because I feel like when I've, I, in Instagram, it's so easy just to like look at a really pretty person and be like, wow, it's a great photo, which is also great and fine. But I want a little bit more depth in everything that I do, a little bit more substance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if someone comes across my photo on ex- an explore page or just like on their day and a caption, even if it's just like a sentence, if it resonates with them, that makes me feel like I'm doing something good today. Mm. Even though I, it's indirect and, and they might not know it or they might need a little reminder. Mm. I think that's really cool. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Who styles it? Like, do you do all the styling yourself? When oh, you... I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, style, I don't always look great. No, but you when do. I do, <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> no, you do. Um, so, well, uh, how was the... Uh, we're still in a pandemic, but at least yeah. the beginning parts of it. Um... How was that experience for you? I think it was March. Everyone is going about their life. And then it's like, oh, no, everything is on lockdown. Everything was cut. Yeah. Um, well, luckily, I did a couple shoots prior to that. Like, at, at one point, I remember I was doing, like, Sundays, Saturdays, Fridays, Thursdays. And I would just be going out with all these creative people. And it was so much fun on my downtime. And then when COVID hit, it was just like, oh, I just have all this backlog of content. Mm. So I just dripped it out slowly. Um, but when social distancing came and when we were able to go connect with people, well, photography was a really great source for me because, you know, to get a best shot, you have to at least be six feet apart from me. <laughs> like no one's shooting that's close to me. And I don't want anyone that close to Why me. Not? <laughs> that's too close. Too much detail. I mean, you know, I think like personally sometimes, cause like I have a film background. So yeah. sometimes when you want to like pull an emotion, you want to like jam the person right on the screen. Cause yeah. yeah. Because, like, um, you want the audience to feel something. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, every concept that I've done, they're over there. <laughs> and I was over here. So it made it really easy to do, to, to keep that social distancing. Yeah. Um, and photographers were very mindful of that. And and now with the, with the groups that I work with now, 
you have a chemistry when you when you do it. So instead of looking at every single photo and being like, oh, I want to tweak that. It, there's kind of a rhythm and flow that we work with, with me and the photographers. And it's kind of like, oh, this was really good. And he's and usually they just say like, oh, do more of that. Mm. And it's just, it kind of works. It's just like a, it's, you build a relationship, really. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, how do I put this? Do you come up with the concepts? Like before, so when you reach out, or how does it even happen? Who reach out? <laughs> who reaches out to whom first? Like, is it you to the photographer or the photographer to you? And when the person reaches out, um, how do you decide with the concepts for the shoot? So a lot of the more creative things, like I, I did a Queen of Heart shoot one time. I did like another one that was kind of like dripped in gold. Those ones are things that I came up with that I saw on either like the queen of Hearts shoots for instance i was just watching alice in wonderland and i was just like i want to do that um but for like dripped in gold i i remember i was listening to a song um and i was like wow it'd be so cool to kind of personify this concept Mm. and i reached out to a photographer um and we still have so many other shoots that we want to create i'm just managing my own self Mm. um but that's kind of how it evolves. And it's just like, okay, what kind of lighting do we have to put in? What's the backdrop? Or do we want the the focus to be on the whole concept? Or do we want it to be just on you? So mm-hmm. it's a lot of collaborating back and forth. And I find I like that kind of style of photography more mm-hmm. than just like, oh, here's me in a pretty park, which are great. <laughs> like, I think those are amazing photos too and are mm-hmm. stunning. But I love being out and doing something really different and creative. Like, yeah. I, rem- I collaborated recently with Kate. Caitlin, and we did kind of Disney Princess Gone Wrong. Mm. So she made this really cool latex dress with fringe, and the photographer was Stephanie. And uh, we just got some really interesting photos. And even like there was there was a group of kids that walked by us, and they're like, "Oh, is that the princess from from Beauty and the Beast?" Or like yeah. they they con- they're so conceptual when they see really cool things like that. And then mm. like I just wave, and and they're so kind hearted. And so it's just it's really fun to play those characters. Yeah, uh, I kind of you know <laughs> I I love playing dressed up, but I don't get the opportunity to do it often. Um, so whenever I like <laughs> get on uh, someone's Instagram, it's always nice yeah. to see. I kind of live vicariously through the people that do interesting <laughs> things. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, talking of Caitlin, uh, when we first met, was at a Caitlin's place, and you're kind of talking about identity. Mm-hmm. Why was that topic important to you? I think it's the most important to me because we don't normally get the chance to be shown our identity or we are told our identity mm. so a lot of like and it's and it's definitely changing the world is changing and that's always great but growing up you didn't always see an asian princess you mm. didn't see an asian queen or some or if you did it was very stereotypical with like she was the smart girl um or she was very studious in her work and very diligent and and soft-spoken which i am none of (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't relate to that at all so Mm. and um being able to show a young girl so my as i grow up i'm always thinking i want my baby cousin to look at me and say i want to be like her Mm. and i wish i had someone like that as well so representing Asian culture, representing specifically Filipino culture as its own identity, I think is so important because you don't really 
get that really. And no, when you say Filipino, there's such a wide spectrum mm. that you could easily go into stereotypical. But it's just like, no, we are so much more of a deep, beautiful culture than that. And mm. I think lots of people should see that. Mm. And have you been? I have, yes. How's that? Uh, so my, the first time I went home, it was when I was 18 months old. Oh. So that was that was a whole other experience. But uh, the last time we went back was 2016, I believe, in the summertime. Mm. Um, and it was beautiful. Mm. Absolutely stunning. Beaches were gorgeous. Family is amazing. Um, the reconnect, just, you. there's a sense of obviously home and, and there's, there's a sense of strong family connection, even if we only talk through Skype and, and on weekends, mm. it's still so relevant there in, in the moment. So it was it was very grounding. You know, you mentioned Skype and it just occurred to me that like Zoom is what everyone Skype is doing now. now. <laughs> but it's true, no, no, it's true. Cause like, um, like I'm Nigerian and I've lived outside the country for a while. And when you're talking with people back in the country, it's Skype you yeah. use, right? So <laughs> it was kind of weird to me how Zoom just came and just like took over everything. But oh, yeah. I guess, you know, they just made it simple. It's more simple. Mm. I mean, it's still... It's difficult still to use, like if if I was to say to back uh, to like my relatives back home, oh, just jump on Zoom. They don't understand that. Mm. But if I say, oh, jump on Skype, mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, okay, we get that. Yeah. I, mean, I know yeah. that. Yeah. So it's yeah. just yeah. translating it in a different context. Mm. <laughs> so, um, what did you want to be growing up, though? Oh my gosh. <laughs> It depends when what time you ask me as an age. Because, like, if you asked me when I was five, I would say I wanted to be a princess. And so, technically, I made that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I am kind of there. But, um, actually, for a really long time, I wanted to be a dermatologist. The skin person, yeah. Skin, yeah. I wanted to do Why? that. Because I have really bad eczema. My brother has really bad eczema. And I wanted to really, and I always was made fun of for my eczema because like it looks and is weird and awful. Um, and it's awful for the person that is experiencing it. So I wanted to be able to provide comfort for those that, that is experiencing that. Mm. Um, but in high school, I volunteered in a hospital and quickly realized that I don't want to be in a hospital every day of my life. <laughs> uh, why? Because of the blood? No, um... Just really depressing. Right. Yeah. Right. To be completely frank. And I, I I, have nurses and doctors and healthcare workers in my family. Mm. And I value them so highly. But personally, mm. I can't do scrubs. Why? Why? <laughs> I mean, I, even the cool, cute ones with the thing. I can't do... I like, <laughs> I like my blazers. I like my pantsuits. I like my heels. <laughs> Wait, what is that show with the doctors? Don't those doctors dress like that? Um... Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, that one. Yeah, life's not that cute. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. So, I wish there was a mixed so me there. So you, you went to the hospital and you're like, okay, no, I'm not doing this. Then what did it switch to? Um, then I went to event management and event coordination. Mm. Um, and that's when I, my parents so guidingly wanted me to go to university. So I was like, fine, I'll take a management degree, whatever. <laughs> just to kind of align myself in that management role. And mm-hmm. from there, it just kind of, my career really shifted in a different angle, um, which I don't mind. What do you do now? I'm a business development representative for an IT tech company. Oh, you help people 
spend their, you help companies spend their money on IT stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person that they come to when their IT is blowing up and they don't know what to do. Right, 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 right. How do you find that though? I love it. Mm. I definitely love it. IT, working in the tech industry just in general, is so fascinating because it's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Every single time, every single, even just like every hour, it's like, okay, this is GA, and now we have to move on to this, but this is still on the roadmap. And, but you're still selling all mm. of it, but we can't let them know that we're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really interesting balance, especially working in technology, mm -hmm. because there's so many, especially there's there's different demographics too. There, You have the IT guys that have been there since computers first landed in the planet <laughs> and then you have the millennials who only know tiktok right, right so it's a really interesting way to communicate the evolution of technology and then why to buy mm. to every single demograph because mm -hmm. it's it's different in every organization and that's the greatest of the challenge i think so one thing i find and you know you can tell me this but is that people that tend to help people buy it stuff like do the mm. business development part they kind of stick with things for long. So like, you know, they don't switch to the new phone and like to the newest. <laughs> is that with you? Is that the same thing with you? For our technologies, well, for our specifically, you're in a contract, so you can't leave us. Right. <laughs> you can't leave me even when you want to. Um, but what I do know when it comes to the more like innovative technologies like watches and uh, um, like the I iPad, for instance, or, or iPod shifted every single year. And then there's always those immediate innovators that are so keen to get the first the technology. Yeah. And there's also those individuals and companies too, where they're, they're more for under the terminology as a consultant, mm -hmm. whereas they'll go out and they'll do all the knowledge data collection of new things in the organization or new things in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so they might not have an actual need to buy, but they're just scoping around to see what's new, what's out there. Right. Because now you can create an application in Azure Cloud and it go up in like 10 seconds and then you can start selling it the next day. Mm -hmm. Whereas that's not always what people want, but it can be possible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, and then... We talked the other day and with a friend of yours, you're starting this company. And I, I don't want to murder the name, so I'm just <laughs> going to let you tell me about the name of what the company is yeah, about. Yeah, so we're starting a company called Fem Entity. Mm, Fem Entity, yeah. Fem Entity. <laughs> okay, and, and what's the idea behind it? So in such a masculine dominant world, femininity and expressing your feminine power has very much depressed and been suppressed in a way that that's not ideal for you to succeed. Mm. And I show it as well. And to clarify, feminine and masculine energy is regardless in gender. Mm -hmm. So we have feminine, masculine energy within us. Mm -hmm. It is also expressed as like yin and yang, sun and moon. So it has many different forms, but at the root of it, society and, and patriarch, whatever you want to call it, has said that the, the route to success is through hard work, dedication, perseverance, actionable road. Mm. That is all masculine energy. And it's all great. It's all needed. Mm. But it suppresses our feminine energy and it causes us to be burnt out, um, causes us to lose creativity, not be insightful or not want to do what we are truly have the potential to do. Mm. So by 
showing and modernizing the concept of feminine energy into mm -hmm. now like things like self-care and um, understanding yourself, self-reflection, self-awareness, it gives the person a little break <laughs> and it's okay to take a break mm -hmm. and how the, what those breaks look like and what to do in those breaks. Cause like, I mean, we can all sit down for 15 minutes and do nothing, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we're doing anything beneficial for us. Yeah. Yeah. So what Fementity is, is just the different ways to empower your feminine entity mm. to be your truest potential. Mm. Mm. And why did you decide to create this company? I am very masculine energy dominant. <laughs> Um, and I'll be completely upfront with that. I'm not someone that's, that's, oh, I'm very balanced. No, mm. I found out I was unbalanced when that summer I had a really bad, uh, health flare up. So I was pretty much housebound for most of the summer mm. and that just caused me to read. And more that I read, the more that I realized and reflected within myself, oh, I'm not loving myself to the truest of my potential. Mm -hmm. And I'm not giving myself that kindness that I should deserve. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking, what's next to be done? What's next should I do? And through that, I realized there's a lot of people also in my life that could probably benefit from just kind of hearing the same message that I was telling myself. Mm -hmm. And in a way, shifting my thoughts and, and my mindset from being very like, go, go, go to like, it's okay, calm down, really helped me be in a healthier mindset when just dealing with my health issues alone. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, so how, I guess, now, at what stage of, are you guys at now? So we have four courses ready to go almost. And by courses, I mean, there's something that you can listen in the back of your mind almost like a hour podcast kind of thing mm -hmm. but there's there's specific like deliverable deliverables and learning outcomes that you can get with them mm -hmm. i have a couple quick reads that i'm making that are just like two or three pages long just to give you a better idea mm -hmm. of uh, other content um and then some general just like fun infographs just to get a better idea of the flow of how you know to love yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so That's we're great. in the development stage, if I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, how, you know, it's like, as I said, you are very go, go, go. How is it like running the company with a partner? Well, I love my partner. So, mm. <laughs> and it's also one thing that I also learned earlier on because I had another startup that wasn't able to be as successful because of COVID. But when working with a partner, um, the most important thing that I think I learned is to be able to separate friendship and workship mm. and being able to openly critique each other without making it personal mm -hmm. because I'm not critiquing you on who you are as a person. I just want to make sure the work is to a standard that we want to maintain. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that was a really big learning curve for me on my first venture. Um, this one, I have so much confidence, so much care for my partner. And we've worked together actually at in university. Um, what? Dalhousie. No, like on what did you work together? Oh, we would work together on different events on campus. Oh. Um, Dal Lead, uh, East Coast Leadership. Gosh, um, various keynote speaking. So, so you kind of build that yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of had an understanding of each other. 
both for work and for relationships. She understands my work style. I understand hers. So there's a really good relationship there built professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. So taking this next step and when we said like, okay, like let's really do this. We sat down and really talked out every our expectations mm. and that really level set the entire the entire movement going forward, which mm. I think is more people should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, especially I like that whole we're friends, but, you know, we are working now. Mm-hmm. And being able to split the two just keeps the company going to where you want it to go. So um, what are some plans you have with Fermentity and how can people interact with you guys? One of the big kind of, like, shoot for the stars kind of goal that we would love to have is for Fem Entity to be kind of a resource hub. So a place where you can go if you need a nutritionist, a workout buddy, a consultant, um, a stylist, anything that Mm. you really want help with in your area of life that you don't know where to get in anyone else, you can just go to Femmentity, look at our connections, look at our network, because we want to really build a network where people can feel comfortable coming in and their what we call wounded feminine energy or wounded masculine energy and fill in the gaps to complete themselves. Mm. You know, we're mentioning that, was it? Oof. Goop, do you know? Goop? Yeah. Like as in? Goop, so is this lead? Like as in goop the substance or? <laughs> no, 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 so um, she's like this really famous actor and she has this company called Goop and like, you oh, know. Oh, is it? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, yeah, her company. Okay. Yeah, Goop. That, that's the name, I think. I think. Anyway, so she has this company, Gwyneth right? Gwyneth Paltrow is going to come out. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, wait, wait. So, um, you know, she has this company and they sell things. I'm, I'm not talking about the things itself, but I just recently saw this um, show she did on Netflix that's about like intimacy between couples and it's called like Goop and oh, Love and yes. Sex or something. I think, yeah. I when you mentioned it. that, like having a resource hub, that's kind of what came to mind because like she had this group thing and she went from selling cream and egg and mm. all that stuff to now she's like getting all these um, sexologists yeah. and intimacy experts to work with this couple. It wasn't actually a bad show. Though. Yeah, yeah. I do. Some of the things she does, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, definitely something... Especially when it comes to sex and feminine energy, that's something that we really want to make kind of uh, a whole section of of our our piece. Because aside from us not liberating our feminine energy, I feel like just females and sex. When you put that together, people are immediately quick to start like trolling the comments or mm-hmm. saying something about like, "Oh, women should be this, women should be that." Mm-hmm. But really. At the crux of it, as a female, we are empowered to do everything and anything that we want with our body, Mm. regardless of what society has titled us to do. What is the hindrance from that is we feel that if we move in a certain direction, Mm. society already is able to just tackle us with a name, a title as a whore or a slut or whatever. Mm. And if we go in another direction, we're a prude or we're we're secluded. And I don't think that's how it ever should be. And as a female myself, I'm always accepting and open to sexual interaction, consentively. Mm. (laughs) Um, And I don't think anyone should be scared to express that. Mm. And 
I don't think that it should be something that we tuck away in the corner for like, oh, that's what mom and dad do. <laughs> it's it's normal. Yeah. It's an act of intimacy, and it should be honored more. I think, yeah. and I think as a also from a younger standpoint, women learning how to value their sexual identity and value their sexuality um, as a power within them,、mm. and not just something that's like, oh, let's go to the dome and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's there's power there, and、right. I think. If women, well, when women see that power, it they kind of, I I notice it in my friend groups a lot. When when women see that power that they have in in harnessing their sexual identity and their sexuality,、mm. they become this whole other kind of empowered woman, and I、mm. think it's really beautiful to see. Wow, I can't <laughs> wait to see what you do with femininity, and it's a journey I want to、uh, go along on.、Um, I want to end it with this question though. Why do you think people feel that way when it comes to women and sex? Well, I can give you the historic answer, or just I feel like we've been told the story for so long that it's just like it's just a, an immediate social association、mm. of it, of just like, oh, you've had sex three times this week, <gasps> you're such a whore. But it's like, no, she had a good time.、Mm. It was all consensual.、Mm-hmm. No one else is wrong with that. It's just an act between two people. Um, whereas if a, if a male did the same thing, it's like you got your skin, bro, <laughs> and it's which is such a strange concept to me. But really, it's just a story that has been developed and solidified over years and years and years,、mm. and now it's gotten to the point where it's actually impacting somebody's mental health or somebody's identity of how、mm. they see themselves.、Mm. Um, and I don't think that's that's right. I think we should be able to just be freely who and whatever we want to be. Wow. It's always great talking to you, Irene. Oh my goodness! Thank you. Thanks for coming to the blackout today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.